Good for you. You picked a great day to join in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics. As always, operating from the outstanding First Star Logistics studios. And we have an outstanding guest for you. And I know you like what this gentleman has to say. And uh, he says it well. And that is backup quarterback, Jake Browning, who really, I think, has shown that he's more than a backup quarterback. As far as the backup quarterback goes, he's elite. As far as the starting quarterback goes, he's probably one, definitely one of 32 in the National Football League. So the Bengals are extremely fortunate to have an elite starting quarterback and an elite backup quarterback in the same quarterback room. Most important position in sports. The Bengals are well-stocked. Jake Browning talks about that. He talks about his year. He talks about what he dealt with during the course of the season, adjustments that had to be made, um, what they decided to do offensively, how they attacked people, and then what he's going to be doing in the offseason, getting ready for another one. And the fact that he's under contract for the next two years with the Cincinnati Bengals, and he's good with that. Boy, did you make a great decision today. Joining us in the trenches with Dave Lapham, brought to you by First Star Logistics, as always. Coming to you from the outstanding studios provided by First Star Logistics because we have the man, Jake Browning. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, this this uh, this this guy basically changed the arc of his career. Got an opportunity and capitalized, and that's all that anybody can ask of anybody else. And uh, first of all, congratulations, Jake. And second of all, thanks for joining us, my man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So now that you've had time to sit back and reflect, and now it's time to heal the mind and the body, and you're you're getting that done. Where are you? I'm out in California. This is kind of home base for uh, where we spend the off seasons. That's great. So you, how you feeling? I mean, you're going through the rigors of uh, the quarterback position uh, mentally and physically. How how's your mind and your body feeling right now? Uh, I feel good. I'm fine. Uh, I think it's. It's tough watching watching some teams in the playoffs, knowing that we were close and and wishing we were in there. And uh, it's definitely motivating to get back into it and uh, you know hopefully be able to make it next year. Just sucks not being in. Man, it's so close, you know. And I know it's it's uh, the Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati triangle. You know, it's like uh, the the Bengals going to be right back in that triangle, right back in that mix uh, next season. And I know, um, I know it is disappointing, but man, you had a nine and eight finish winning record. You're one and oh in the year of 2024, 16, <laughs> 16 teams are all in one 16 teams are one and oh. So you guys already have a winning record, uh, starting out in, in 2024, even the Super Bowl loser that last game, they're a loser, man. You know, it's like, they, yeah, that's uh, a nice way to spin the stats. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I, I remember as a player, it, it made a big difference to me how mentally I went into the offseason. Man, if you lose a game and then you go into the offseason as opposed to, hey, you win a game on an uptick, you go into the offseason, there's a little bit of juice there. Yeah, for sure. I think anytime you can go on the field, you want to win. Uh, it was obviously kind of a weird game to be a part of where they, they knew they were going and uh, we obviously knew we weren't, but it was it was still good to finish strong and I think, yeah, what you said is is true. It's always good to end with a win. You wish you were ending with a win in the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, with the way it was and, and how 
everything was set up going to the last game. It was, it was good to get a win. So now that you've had time to, you know, really sit back and reflect a little bit, and I know you uh, as a guy that we, you probably watched everything again uh, multiple times, and, and uh, what do you think? How do you evaluate yourself? How do you feel you did in that uh, seven-game stretch when you won four of those bad boys? Yeah, so one thing that may, may be a surprise, but I, I usually take like at least 10 days after the season. Like I've, I've watched the Cleveland game just to kind of put that to bed, but mm -hmm. uh, I'll take a little bit of time. I think right after the season, you're, you still got an, emo, an emotional attachment to it of how it went and then a little bit yep. of a bias on – you, know, you still remember how you felt in each one of those moments. And so getting, I've always found that taking a little bit of time right after the season, usually about 10 days um, to not watch anything on yourself. Uh, you know, you're going to take a decent amount of time off from throwing anyways. Yeah. So I, I, I haven't watched all of my cutups. I got them made. Uh, they're sitting on my iPad, but I probably won't watch them until probably another Probably till Monday, maybe this weekend. But uh, I just think it, it gives you the best chance to just look at it with fresh eyes and kind of assess without the bias or, like I said, just remembering how you felt in each player, what coaches said or what, you know, the situation was and just being able to look at it like, okay, how did, what do I need to get better at? And I think the, the least amount of emotion attached to it, the better. And we'll give you the best chance to you know, really dial in on, okay, here's what I need to do better. What do you think you did best, Jake? I mean, if you, if you had to self-evaluate and I know again, like you're just saying, you haven't looked at the tape and all that again, but your, your knee jerk, your gut reaction after the season ended when you had, you know, a little bit of time to, to sit back and think, what, what do you think you did best? I thought I was really accurate in games. Uh, I've always been pretty accurate, but you never know until you're live uh, in an actual game. And especially some games with some meaning for both teams involved. I mean, a lot of those games I've never played in the playoffs, but they felt like they had a playoff uh, environment around them and play yeah. a lot of playoff implications where people are teams are fighting to stay alive. So it was good that when everything got amped up, I stayed accurate. Um, I think that was really the the main thing. There's a lot that goes into that where you can get into some fundamental stuff, footwork, playing on time playing a rhythm, uh, having good anticipation on throws. Um, I think those that was kind of the main thing that I think stood out as far as uh, just fundamentals and all that is remaining accurate and playing on time. And I think but a judge a quarterback is, you know, how many times do they deliver the ball on time accurately to the person it's supposed to go to? And uh, I felt like I did that at a high percentage. Obviously needs to be higher. Uh, and you know, I'll continue to work on some of that stuff, but I, I think that's kind of the main takeaway without really watching it a ton is that I was able to play accurate. So here's, uh, looking at, at numbers, um, you had enough attempts to qualify, you know, to get into the, the numbers for uh, a season. So your 70.4%, uh, completion percentage, which you're referencing with the accuracy best best in the National Football League. Now, again, fewer games than some of these other guys, but, I mean, that, that was the best number. 7.97 per uh, yards per pass attempt, top five, fifth best, almost eight yards per throw, uh, which is phenomenal. 
98.4 quarterback rating, seventh in the National Football League. I mean, you must have been seeing the field pretty darn well. Was that something you felt good about? Did you see the field like you wanted to? Yeah, I think I can. I'm still, like I said, I'm still so close to the season where I remember all the ones where I didn't, uh, where I wish I would have seen it better um, or throws maybe that I missed that I wish I would have made. Um, and it's just, I, I got to get over the fact around the playoffs. Uh, it's something I'm hung up on and just has like a negative feeling about the whole season. And just, I think I got to mentally get over that somehow, but it's just very frustrating. And so, you know, you go through that, like all those stats. Yeah, those are great, but you know, I'd rather give up a lot of those to just be even 0 and 1 in the playoffs or just get a crack at it. Um, so that's kind of the hang up on that. <laughs> right. You got to get over that and and move on. But it's it's tough when you spend the whole weekend just watching teams play. You know, man, we we're so close to that and we didn't get it done. And so there's yeah, there's a lot of good, but you just remember the it just has a bad taste in your mouth. I mean, it's so razor thin, you know, making the playoffs, not making the playoffs. And the thing is, this this football team is playoff caliber, playoff worthy. And yeah. honestly, as you look at it, it's like, God, we could have given them a better game than that. Jeez, we could, we're, we're more competitive than those dudes that made, you know, I and I know I know what that's like as a former player. And that can, that can get in your craw, but it, it just tells me how competitive you are. And I love that about you, man. I mean, you are a competitor. Yeah, <laughs> I think you have to be. That's the the uh, bare minimum to get in the locker room. And and yeah, I think once I once we get through the playoffs, it'll be much easier to be like, all right, let's move on to twenty twenty four. But still pretty fresh, so a little tough. But we'll uh, yeah, like you said, we're a playoff caliber team. We got a lot of talent, and uh, we got a great coaching staff. Got a good culture. You got all the pieces. You just got to execute now. Your uh, your your situation now. You're you're in the off season mode. You're you're, you're in California. Um, what 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 is what's your off season look like? You you're going to report back here, obviously for OTAs. But what do you do? You mentioned you take you know ten days, couple of weeks before you start really going back and redigesting. You know what what went on, so you can um, uh, you you can start making necessary adjustments, improvements, or build on the good and turn the bat around or whatever the case may be. How does your offseason unfold up to the OTAs, Jake? Yeah, so I'm, I usually just take like a week or two off of working out uh, as far as like weight room stuff and then get back into that, kind of ease ease back into it. Uh, throwing, you know, last couple seasons I've waited until maybe middle of March, beginning of March. Um, might wait to take a little bit more time this year just to – you know, it was my first time playing and feeling like, all right, I, you know, I want to have my arm strongest down the stretch um, in case this, in case something similar comes up and not, uh, you know, doing too much too early in the off season where I'm hitting my peak, hitting my peak at the right time. Um, but basically it'll be right now it's any little physical issues or body issues you got going on still from the off season or from the season, just get those addressed uh, now. And then uh, probably about a week from yesterday, I'll be back in the weight room doing all that stuff, getting, uh, you know, putting on some more muscle and just getting back back into shape a little bit. I think down the stretch of those seasons, 
you know, you kind of start to lose some muscle just because it's hard to lift sure. as much as you need to and play in those games and have my shoulder feel alive. So uh, start that here pretty soon. Get some uh, get the body right from the season over the next couple of weeks. Hit the ground running with throwing probably beginning of April and then be back at OTAs. And then, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the starting point for our season. And then uh, once we're done with that, you know, summer is where you really hit the ground running and yeah, run that sprint basically up through summer, getting ready for camp. So a couple of young quarterbacks performed well over the weekend, C.J. Stroud and, and uh, Jordan Love. What did you think? Did you watch both of those games in the, in the entirety of it, or did you watch a little of it? Or what, what do you think about those two young QBs? Yeah, I watched a little bit of both. Uh, once they kind of – Got out of hand. I, I I turned him off, but uh, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember watching CJ Stroud and we played him, and I think really watching him week one. We played Baltimore week two, and we're sitting there watching it, and you know that's a tough defense to have your uh, debut against. I can speak to that from experience, right? Um, <laughs> right. He, he played well, and you know I think they they got some good pieces around him. The receivers good. The O-line uh, is, is really good, and they got a nice balanced attack, but he makes some big-time throws. He's got a quick release. He's accurate. And then Jordan Love uh, kind of seems like he's – I haven't watched him a ton just because we didn't really have overlapping opponents, but just from stats, it definitely seems like he's getting hot at the right time, and, and that's always a dangerous thing if you're uh, getting hot those last couple games leading into the playoffs and then have a really good uh, week one in the playoffs in the wild card. So – yeah, I think anytime your quarterback's playing like that, you're going to be dangerous. You know, we talked about it at the, at the beginning. I mentioned that uh, that you basically responded to an opportunity that was presented to you, and you changed the trajectory of your career. And that's that's a feeling of empowerment, really. You know, I mean, to to step up when it's time to step up and get it done. And man, you did it. You did it at an extremely high level. And I agree with you uh, when I. You know, heard you basically saying you, you feel like you're one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. I can't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, so the Bengals find themselves in a very fortunate position where they've got an elite quarterback in Joe Burrow, and they've got an you know as a starter, and then an elite, the elite, the most elite backup quarterback in a in a quarterback room in Jake Browning. I mean, the Bengals find themselves in in a really good position. Um, what have you have you talked to your representation uh is is there is there is there anything to talk about i mean where where do you go from a career standpoint do you think from here building off of what you did i mean yeah i'm i'm under contract for at least another 2 years so yeah. there's not really a whole lot uh you know I, I i enjoy my time with the bengal's i i really like being there it's a good quality of life i really like the coaching staff Got a really good relationship with Joe, um, and so those—I mean, yeah, those are all positives. Uh, yeah, do you wish you were hitting free agency right after that? Of course, but I'm—I'm I'm a rookie, and or I just finished my rookie year, and so uh, you know that, that's—it's—it's it's a contract, it's binding, and and but I'm—I'm I'm happy about that. Like I—if I, I was going to be a backup anywhere, I, I'd want to be in Cincinnati, and uh, you know, yeah, it's—it's it's a good situation. For the Bengals, but it's a good situation for me too. If if that's what ends up happening, is is I stay and I'm I'm the backup. You know whether it's 
basically it's out of my hands. It's not really my my job at this point. Uh, you know, the Bengals. Uh, I am a Bengal, and I'm happy about that. <clears throat> and uh, you know, I think no matter what the situation is. I'm just kind of focused on what I can't control, and that is having a good offseason, trying to get better. And, uh, you know, I, I, there's been a lot made of that, but this it's kind of a nice feeling to go into an offseason knowing, like, okay, I feel confident I'm going to be on a 53-man roster next year. I've never really had that. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of a nice feeling. And, and just football aside, like real life-wise, it's nice to know, like, you know, I, at this point, Every off season before this, I've kind of thought like, all right, like you got to be prepared to make no money this whole year. And that was a, a reality uh, that, you know, obviously we're in a fortunate situation. We we get very highly compensated to play a sport, but, you know, you, you my past off seasons have definitely been like, all right, this is, I got to be smart here and, and careful. Um because there's a chance I could not have a job. And so this is kind of a refreshing feeling where I feel like, all right, I, I feel pretty confident I'll have a job, you know, next fall. And yeah. uh, and I'll be in a locker room that I really enjoy with some coaches I really enjoy with Joe. And uh, and I'm happy about it. And anything outside of that, not really my job and outside of my control. So I'm just going to kind of let the Bengals and, and all that, you know, figure out whatever they want to figure out. I'm not really saying, I don't even, I don't think anything will happen, but who knows? You never know. You can get a call once I'm hanging this up and say I got traded or I could be on the Bengals for the next two years. And I think with all the different varieties of things that could happen, I'm just going to focus on getting better and whatever the situation is, I'll be the best at whatever I need to be the best at. You know, the, the life of a uh, a backup quarterback, at any point, the starter can go down to injury and boom, you're in the game. And that's what happened in Baltimore. You don't really have time to think too much. I mean, it's like all you got to do is think, how am I going to execute the game plan here? And in, in my mind, when I heard what you said to the coaches, uh, when they're like, all right, what do you what do you like? What should we do? You're like, just just call the game like you call it with Joe. I, I know the game plan. I understand the offense. I know what's going on. To me, that was like, if I'm, if I'm a lineman, and hearing that or hearing about it or whatever, I'm like, it's my guy. I'm all I'm all in. I'm all in with Jake Browning. Here we go. And you performed more than admirably against a a, a tough uh defense in a tough environment. So once that was under your belt, then you get your next start. What was going through your mind um in terms of trying to take advantage of your opportunity to the fullest? Or did you even think about that? It's just all right, let's get to this game plan and let's get going. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I think once you start thinking of, oh, this is such a big opportunity and I need to do this or do that, like really at the end of the day, you just need to find completions and you need to know the game plan. You got to go through your reads the right way and, and just especially with the guys that I was throwing the ball to, I uh, just need to find completions and wasn't going to be wrong, wasn't going to go wrong doing that. And so I didn't want to make more out of a – situation or, or put any more pressure on myself. I think that's how people start to try and play hero ball a little bit. And uh, I mean, it's just, just play on time, play accurate and uh, get the ball to where it's supposed to go and just keep taking completions. As you guys went through the seven game stretch together with the coaches and yourself, how much did the offense evolve or were there core plays that you felt good about both ways 
as a player and as a coaching staff, back and forth communication that you kind of stayed with and maybe tweaked it, you know, different formations, motions, window dressing, whatever, or was there some sort of an evolution? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> I like I like going under center, doing play action stuff. Uh, I like getting outside the pocket a little bit. And so, you know, I think those were kind of the main two, two main things. Uh, and I just like going through progressions. I just, I can get to pretty, I can get to number four and five in a progression pretty quickly. And, you know, if it times up well with my eyes and my eye progressions, that's always kind of been a strength of mine. So, I mean, those are kind of the three main things, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think third down is always going to be the same. It's always going to be pretty game planned around trying to beat whatever third down defense we're going against. But, you know, first and second down, uh, I liked, I like getting under center a little bit more and I like uh, play action and, and running naked a little bit. So I think we probably called a little bit more of those than, than when Joe was in. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's more of a, a coach's question. That was kind of my input. And then whatever they did with that, you know, I just kind of, had some faith in the fact that they know what they're doing and, and they'll call the right plays and figure all that out. Right. Right. Your ability to see the field and to go to your progressions in a very timely fashion. I mean, is it something that you either have it or you don't as a quarterback, or is it something that can be improved on and developed? Um, Cause I've seen, you know, quarterbacks that have it, you know, I mean, they just have it. And then I've seen quarterbacks don't, and they never really, you know, got to that level that, you're talking about is it something that can be worked on and, and get to an elite level or is it something that you know god gave you an ability to do that kind of thing i mean i think it's a reps thing uh it's it's definitely easier to improve with reps i got a lot of reps in high school of going through a bunch of progressions that was basically our, our whole offense was just going through progressions quickly and getting the ball out um and i've been fortunate enough to play a lot of football but i I don't know. In the last like four or five years, I'm, I don't really believe that there's anything you can't get better at. Um, you know, you could turn on a cut up of me playing terribly where it looks like this guy does not have it at all. Um, you know, I think back to like the 20, what would that be? 2021 preseason, my last preseason in Minnesota. I had really good practices, but what I put on tape in the preseason, it would look like I don't, I don't have it. Um, and so there's always, there's always reasons for that. Like for me, I, I hadn't played any, real live football in basically two or three years. And so uh, there's a feel involved with it. Reps help that. But I think really anything you can improve on, you just got to find the best way to do it. And you got to be working on the actual reason that you're not able to do it. So if, if for me, if it was just getting back in the rhythm and the reps, and I've shown that I can do it before, then, you know, I don't want to overthink it and, and go changing a bunch of different things. I just want to get more reps and get more feeling. I think once I came to Cincinnati, you know, Zach, I remember Zach saying that to me. He's like, yeah, you just need reps. You just need some reps to go through it. And you just need to, you know, continue to play fast no matter who's that receiver. And, you know, it'll, it'll come along nicely. And so uh, it was nice to have a coach say that, but I, uh, I also kind of knew that in the back of my head too. Like I've done it before, wasn't playing up to my standard at one point in my preseason career. And then, uh, but, but didn't overthink it and tried to get as many reps as possible, whether that's watching Joe go through it or me and scout team or whatever, just trying to make the most out of those. 
you know, it, it, it's uh, it's remarkable. Everybody has a stinker. And what, no matter what sport you're playing, no matter what position you're playing, I mean, Dak Prescott said, you know, I, I, I didn't play well in that last uh, playoff game. I mean, other quarterbacks didn't play well in that one playoff game after having great years. I mean, it happens. Thing, though, that you like as a teammate, I know if I'm in the huddle and I'm looking at a quarterback's eyes and he's calling plays and everything, I'm thinking, you know what? This dude, man, he's like this. You know, there may be a blip, but he is so – and the graph's going up. He's never like here and here. Who the hell are we going to get this week? It's not like up and down, up and down. The graph is steady, eddy, uh, up, maybe down slight, oh, up again. It's like that, to me, is a comfort to your teammates, and I think that's what you gave them. Everybody that I talk to, it's like, man, Jake, I know exactly what I'm going to get with Jake, man, and that is huge, huge. Yeah, yeah, I think the main thing for quarterbacks, too, is you never want to – give the feeling to your team or anything that you're out of it. So, you know, even when we're like, we come out of half at, at Pittsburgh and I've already thrown two picks at that point, I'm having a rough day. Um, and then we throw the long one to T and everyone on our sideline fully believes like, Hey, we're, we're rolling. And obviously yep. we didn't, we ended up losing, it didn't go our way, but just had like continue to show fight. Um, I think goes a long way. And, uh, yeah, like you said, I don't know how quarterbacks survive and play well when they're not like that. I mean, there's so much you have to focus on and you got to be pretty locked into a bunch of different things. And there's a ton of noise going on around you. I don't, I don't really know how people operate with, if they're not like that. So <laughs> if anything, that's more impressive to me is if you are riding the emotional roller coaster as a quarterback and you, you play well consistently and that's, that's incredible to me. I know, uh, I know respect of, of teammates is always big to any professional athlete. And man, I can tell you that you've got the respect of that locker room. Now there's, there, you did anyway. I'm not, I'm not saying you didn't because of everything you were doing to get yourself ready for that opportunity. Everybody respected the hell out of that. But then you go out there and play the level you play that. That's a, that's another chapter of, you know, respect for Jake Browning and, uh, Congratulations on that, man, because, um, you know, as a leader, that's, that's one of the things you have to have the respect and trust your teammates and you've got both in spades, my man. I mean, it's, uh, it was great to watch. Yeah. Thank you. It was good to, you know, go out and get to play and got some good tape to watch the off season, make some where I need to. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for next season and, it's going to be tough watching the playoffs in the next couple of weeks. But uh, once we get to OTAs and kind of turn the turn the page to 2024, I'm, I'm excited. I think we're going to have a good team and, and uh, you know, we need to get back in the playoffs. I agree. I think uh, I think this team has a chance to be elite, you know, and uh, amongst the elite. There's, there's a handful of elite teams in the NFL, and the Cincinnati Bengals are right there, right there. And it's a small – it's not a big fistful. It's, it's a little handful, man. There's no doubt about it. And Bengals are right there, and, and you're a big reason, big part of it. And uh, appreciate your time, Jake Browning. I want to congratulate you once again on, uh, on on stepping up. Man, it's like, you know, that old saying, when one goes down, next man up. You were, <laughs> you were next man in capital letters. The man. <laughs> man up, Jake Browning. Congratulations. Thank you. Have a great off season. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you.
All right, we'll talk to you later, Buck. Dave Lapham here, awesome. and every day I am grateful for my experience to have played professional football. As a player, I realize self-motivation, leadership, and appreciating your teammates are key. At First Star Logistics, you can use those same attributes to create the life you want for you and your family. Build your future by working hard like I did. You'll see results both on and off the field. Call First Star Logistics today and be part of our winning team. Ding!